Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hi, I'm Snigda Sharma and you're listening to Three Things, the Indian Express news show. In this episode, we discuss what the deferment of polls means in the politics of Punjab. We also discuss the government takeover of the Kashmir Press Club. And we also go over the Delhi Commission of Women's Notice to the Delhi Police seeking action against some members of the Clubhouse app for allegedly making derogatory remarks against Muslim women. Beginning with the Punjab elections. In a rare move, the Election Commission pushed the Punjab elections to the 20th of February from the 14th of February. Now usually, the polls are timed in such a way that the new assembly or lower house is in place on the day of the dissolution of the outgoing house. So an election, once called, normally proceeds as per schedule. However, in some exceptional cases, the process can be postponed or even scrapped after its announcement under extraordinary circumstances. Now, as per practice, the Commission clubs all elections that are close to each other to make sure that the results in one state do not influence voters in the states that are going to poll soon after. The earliest due date of a state determines the poll dates for all the club states. In Punjab's case, the Election Commission said that it was brought to their notice by the Chief Minister and other political parties that a large number of Sri Ravidas devotees start moving for Varanasi around a week before the day of celebration and keeping the poll on the 14th of February 2022 would deprive a large number of electors from voting. In view of this, the Election Commission said that they had requested to shift the poll date a few days after 16th of February 2022. So why did Chief Minister Channi take it upon himself to make this request to the Election Commission? Anju Agnihotri Chaba joined the show to explain it to us and also to give us a lowdown on what is happening in poll-bound Punjab. See, when the election date for Punjab Vidhan Sabha announced by the ECI, after a couple of days, some of these Dalit organizations, mainly from Pravidasiya community, started raising their voice and demanded for the postponement of the election date in a view of a celebration of Guru Ravidas Jayanti. Though the earlier date for Punjab election was February 14th and Guru Ravidas Jayanti is on February 16th, that is two days after the election date, but the point they were raising was that a large number of Ravidasiyas, they visit Varanasi, which is the birthplace of Guru Ravidas Ji, and a week-long celebrations take place there. So these organizations then started writing to ECI also about the postponing of elections. And later they started accusing Punjab government for not informing ECI about the importance of Guru Ravidas Jayanti. Then Punjab Chief Minister Chanji Singh Channi, who is a Dalit himself, wrote to ECI, stated that some representatives of these Punjab scheduled castes, they have demanded that poll be scheduled in such a way so that they are able to visit Varanasi during February 10 to 16th and also able to participate in polls. It was not possible when the poll date was 14th. So that was the reason that the CM pushed for it. And uh, also because Ravi Dasya is one of the biggest uh, Dalit community in Punjab, so no party 
including Punjab CM, could ignore this community during the election time. Right. So uh, clearly, Anju, like you said, uh, you know, the Ravidasya community, just because of its size, has a big influence on the politics of Punjab. Uh, can you tell us a little more about this community? See, in Punjab, there are around 38 castes of Dalits and uh, Ravidasya community is uh, one of the biggest among them. The Dalits in Punjab, they account for around 32% of the total population of Punjab which is highest in the country in percentage terms. So, this Ravidasya community, it has uh, nearly 20 lakh plus population in Punjab. And uh, also, uh, there is a largest Dera Sachkhandwala, which is religious place of this community, which is located in Jalandhar's Balla village. And this is such a big community that uh, no political party can afford to ignore it. And during this election time, and also all the politicians from all political party, they visit this Dera during election time. Though this Dera has never voiced in favor of any political party ever, but still these politicians, they think that visit to the Dera means that they would gain some vote from the community in favor of their respective parties. So because of its population and particularly in Dwaba region, which has around 23 assembly segments, all the political parties, they gave preference to this community. And that was the reason that the election date was postponed. Every political party supported them because they want to support this community in a view to gain or earn a vote from this community. If we talk about Dwaba region, in Dwaba region, around 61% votes are coming from this community only among all the Dalit communities or caste in the Dwaba region. Right. So uh, next, Anju, if you could tell us about the Congress's first list of candidates uh, that was released. And also we know that there was some kind of revolt against it because a couple of names were dropped. Uh, yeah, if you can just tell us a little more about the list. Yeah, Punjab Congress has released its first list of 86 candidates last Saturday. And uh, they tried to retain uh, most of its MLAs and ministers, uh, barring uh, like uh, few. Among the 86 candidates, only there were four MLAs who were denied the ticket and most of the MLAs, they got the ticket. And uh, among the ministers also, like 17 out of 18 ministers, they got the ticket. Only one minister, Brahma Mahindra, was replaced with his son. So among the dropped MLAs, one was from this Moga side, he's uh, Harjot Kamal, and he was replaced by Sonu Sood's sister Malavika Sood Sachar. Then there are three MLAs who was not given ticket this time. Congress retained most of the MLAs because Congress was under impression that denying ticket to the sitting MLA would be that uh, all of them would go to the former Chief Minister, Captain Amrinder Singh's uh, party, Punjab Low Congress. So that was the major reason that uh, they have almost given ticket to everyone. And uh, as far as revolt is concerned, there is revolt on two seats, Jalandhar Central and uh, Bhadampur. In Jalandhar Central, the ticket was given to the sitting MLA, Rajinder Beri. And Jalandhar's uh, Municipal Corporation Mayor is revolting here. He said that he should get the ticket because he is more senior to the Beri. But he has yet to decide whether he has to join some other party or he will remain in the Congress party or he will go independent. Similarly, in Adampur, the former two-time MLA Mohinder Singh KP was denied ticket and KP has already opened his cards and he told that for, he will not consider for the ticket, then he will join some other party as his talks are going on with other parties. Similarly, in Kapurthala district, Sultanpur Lodi, sitting MLA Navdeh Singh Chima was given ticket. But here, Punjab Minister Rana Gurjit Singh's son, 
Rana Indra Pratap Singh has announced to contest election independently. So these kind of revolts are there, not much at the moment. And uh, let's see in the second list whether they are accommodating these candidates or not. Okay, so uh, next if you could tell us about the Amadmi Party and uh, also the SSM, which is the Farmer Unions Alliance, which are also fighting the elections and also the SAD and BSP Alliance. How are they preparing for the elections? The elections are a month from now and a lot of interesting developments are happening here. As far as AAP is concerned, they are able to gain some good ground in perception battle. But still, senior AAP leaders, they are facing some serious allegations of selling tickets to the outsider. And these allegations are being leveled by none but the party men themselves. So this thing is there. And then also AAP is facing uh, other allegations uh, like they are outsider and Delhi leaders, they are holding entire power and they are not giving any power to the state units. So these allegations are also there. So it is also a tough battle for AAP. And moreover, now Samyukt Samaj Morcha is there, SSM, which is the party of uh, around 20 farmer unions in Punjab. So they are also gaining some ground, though not much, but still they would dent some vote bank and it will definitely affect uh, AAP's prospectus in Punjab. As far as uh, SAD and BSP is concerned, so SAD uh, is still trying to recover its lost reputation. The serious allegations which are against it since 2017, like drug issues and Bragadi issues. So they have yet to overcome all these allegations. And uh, their alliance with BSP, which has a good hold in Dalit votes, can be some relief for the SAD. But at the same time, Congress is also having a good hold in uh, Dalit vote bank. And especially when Congress has already appointed a Dalit as its chief minister. So there is tough competition in Punjab and very peculiar situation at the moment. A lot of uncertainty is there. Right. And uh, Anju, can you also tell us about the Congress's and uh, Amadmi Party's uh, chief ministerial faces for Punjab? See, AAP has already announced its uh, chief ministerial phase on uh, January 18th. And Bhagwant Man is uh, their chief ministerial phase, who is the two-time MP of AAP. And they said, AAP National Convener Arvind Kejriwal said that they have decided it on the basis of people's demand because they have asked people to name their chief ministerial candidate and 93% of them naming Bhagwant Man as the Punjab chief minister. So they have already announced their chief minister phase today. And as far as Congress is concerned, Congress has yet to take the formal call on it. But still, both the current Chief Minister Chandrasekhar Singh Channi and Punjab Congress Chief Navjot Singh Sidhu, they are projecting themselves as uh, the Chief Minister candidate during their uh, public speeches and all. But uh, Congress has yet not uh, taken any call on it. And uh, some of the Congress leaders, including uh, Punjab Cabinet Minister Rana Gurjit Singh yesterday, he also saying that uh, when Punjab Chief Minister Charanjit Singh Channi is doing so good work in Punjab, so there is no question of any chief ministerial phase in the state. And uh, it has already been decided around three months back when Channi was made Punjab CM. So uh, such voices are coming, but uh, the formal announcement has yet to come. Right. And uh, next, uh, Anju, if you could tell us, uh, we recently heard that the ED has uh, searched Chief Minister Chani's uh, nephew's place. And obviously, this comes just before the elections. So what is all this about? 
like days ahead of Punjab assembly election, such raids are definitely a tool to tarnish the image of the current government. And uh, because opposition definitely they will say that it is a political vendetta or uh, something else. And even Congress party, they are also saying that uh, such kind of things definitely happen uh, when the elections are around because uh, ED is a central government agency and uh, they use this agency to tarnish the image of the state governments. So after this raid, now it is there to see that uh, what would be the outcome of uh, ED's probe in that because nothing is clear about the role of uh, CM's nephew at the moment. No doubt that uh, sand mining is a big issue in Punjab and it is a big issue for last over a decade in Punjab now. And it also uh, concerns uh, common people of the state who are getting this sand at a quite high price. So it is to see that how people see this event when the sand mining is already a big issue here. And it is also to see that uh, what is the outcome of the ED probe. As far as Chief Minister uh, Charanji Singh Chani is concerned, so he was saying after this raid that uh, these are the pressure tactics. And he also said that he has performed uh, very well in the past three months because of which this BJP is quite uh, scared. And uh, they want to hit Congress party, but uh, they will not buckle under this pressure and uh, they will continue with their uh, election campaign. And uh, also their workers, they know that uh, it is all pressure tactics. Right. And uh, finally, Anju, if you could just uh, end the segment by giving us a roundup of the big issues in Punjab elections this time. See, most of the major issues in Punjab are the old issues which were there in 2017 elections also. And these included uh, the drug issue, then uh, sand mafia, then transport mafia, liquor mafia, cable mafia, and uh, Bargadi issues there, sacrilege of Guru Granth Sahib. So all these issues were there during the 2017 elections also. So even after passing those five years when the Congress had uh, made big promises that uh, they will plug all these drug supply lines and uh, also they will uh, make sand cheaper and all. So people feel that uh, nothing uh, great has happened in this regard and uh, they are still getting sand at a high price and uh, drugs are there. The youth in the villages, uh, they are still into this drug grip. And issue of sacrilege has also not been sorted out even after passing five years. And farmers' issues are also there. So all the issues are old issues, nothing new. And because Congress has ruled for five years and now sometimes Navjo Singh Sidhu is in his speeches said that he will be there. Like he project himself as a future CM. So then he will provide you sand at the rate of rupees 1000 per trolley, which people are getting at rupees 4000 now. So such uh, speeches indirectly hitting uh, his own government because their government was there for the past five years. And now they are saying that uh, people are getting sand at this rate. So that means he is uh, targeting his own government here. And who had stopped them from providing a sand at rupees 1000 per trolley in the past five years? So these are the issues and definitely opposition is also raking up these issues and similar issues are with the ruling party. And ruling party has only one argument that captain was in hand in glove with the BJP because of that they could not sort out all these issues. But Channi for the past three months have performed very well. So if you give one more chance to the government, Congress party, then definitely Congress will do something good now. 
So such kind of arguments and counter arguments are taking place on this issue politics in Punjab now. And now coming to the Kashmir Press Club. Days after the Jammu and Kashmir administration put on hold the re-registration of the Kashmir Press Club, it moved to take control of the premises, citing a quote-unquote potential law and order situation. The government also said that the club now ceases to exist as a registered body. Reacting to the government's move, the elected body of the Kashmir Press Club said that the aim of the government was to shut down the club and stifle the voices of journalists in Kashmir. The club, which has over 300 members, had been shut since Saturday when a rival group of journalists barged in and declared themselves to be the interim body. So, to find out the details of what is going on, we spoke to Basharat Masood. So, Basharat, can you uh, begin by telling us a little bit about the press club and its importance for uh, journalists in Kashmir? Well, the Kashmir Press Club was set up just four years ago, and it was only democratic body of journalists in Kashmir Valley. It was kind of a meeting place for the journalists, especially the new generation of journalists. It was a place for them to ideate, to learn from their seniors. Also, it kind of worked as an office for the independent and freelance journalists who generally would not have an office. But more importantly, the Kashmir Press Club was an organization that would stand for journalists whenever they were in trouble in a place like Kashmir. Where journalists are often called to the police stations, who could under the anti-terror laws for their work, the importance of the Kashmir Press Club only increased for the journalists working operating in the valley. In fact, uh, in June the last two years, the club has raised its voice whenever a journalist was harassed by the state, and that perhaps did not go well with the administration. And whatever has unfolded in the last four or five days is seen as a result of that. Right. So, uh, Bashar, it all began with the fight uh, between different factions, uh, right, over managing the club. Can you tell us about it? To understand the controversy regarding the Kashmir Press Club, we need to go back to May two thousand twenty-one. The Kashmir Press Club was registered as a society under the Jammu and Kashmir Registration of Societies Act, but after the abrogation of uh, Jammu and Kashmir's special status and reorganization of Jammu and Kashmir. The Jammu and Kashmir Reorganisation Act was repealed, and in May in this year, the club was asked by department to re-register itself. While they applied for registration in May, the registration was under process for several months, and on twenty ninth of December, some fifteen sixteen days ago, the re-registration was issued in favor of the Kashmir Press Club. But on fourteenth of January this year, a small group of journalists wrote to the Deputy Commissioner Sirnagar asking him to appoint an interim body of the press club, citing that the elections have not been held for the club. On the same day, the elected body of the Kashmir Press Club announced that the elections would be held on fifteenth of February this year. Following this announcement, the government actually only issued an order that the registration issued to the Kashmir Press Club has been put in abeyance, citing some report from the JK Police's Criminal Investigation Department. Following this putting of order. In this uh, registration in abeyance, the group of journalists that had written to the deputy commissioner barged inside the Kashmir Press Club and declared itself as the interim body of the club. That was the whole controversy was about. Following that, the elected body nominated 13 members from various journalist organizations as the interim body of the club, and uh, this led to the intervention of government 
because the general perception is that the small group of journalists was backed by the government because whenever they, they when they barged inside the Kashmir press club they were backed by Jammu and Kashmir police they were given security cover by Jammu and Kashmir police so there was general perception that the group is backed by the government and when the government failed in its objective to install regime of their own choice they finally decided to disband the Kashmir press club and uh, take over the premises that was allotted to it four years ago right so uh bisharat what is the administration saying what is the reason uh, you know behind this government's takeover the administration has not said much over its takeover of the kashmir um, press club other than uh, releasing a statement wherein they have said that the kashmir press club ceases to exist as a registered society and announced that the government would take over the premises that was allotted to the club four years ago the officials has cited a potential one other problem as a reason for its intervention but the journalists on the ground they did not see any such situation arising especially as the majority of the journalists were unanimous that the small group of journalists that declared itself as the interim body of the club had no local standing it seems that the government was not happy with the kashmir press club as the last bastion of free space in kashmir valley first they tried to install a regime of its own choice since it did not go as planned and uh, both the government and the so called interim body got bad press the issue was highlighted both in national press and internationally as well it seems that the government actually failed to comprehend the gravity of the situation and in the rush decided to disband the kashmir press club and take over the premises that was allotted to it right so uh, bisharat how has the elected press club body uh, reacted to this move The term of the elected body of the Kashmir Press Club had come to an end in July last year but since there was covid and uh, the registration of the club as a registered society as was mandated by the government order was under process the elections were delayed and the elected body was still in charge the body has been maintaining that uh, the goal of this government a forcible takeover by a small group of journalists was aimed to shut the KPC Kashmir Press Club and to stifle the voice of journalists working in the valley at the same time they say that uh, they have a firm belief that the journalists of kashmir are capable enough to keep the flame of impartial journalism growing and that they would continue to exhibit the highest standards of journalism while the body has been more or less silent but they have made it clear that all the options are available to them open to them and especially including taking a legal recourse in this particular case And finally coming to clubhouse the delhi commission for women or dcw has sent a notice to the delhi police seeking an fir against people who allegedly made derogatory remarks against muslim women during a session on the clubhouse app where people interact in groups via audio this comes after several people recorded the discussion and shared it online raising objections to comments allegedly made by the participants This comes less than a month after an app hosted on the software platform GitHub used photos of Muslim women without their permission alongside derogatory comments meant to imply that they were being auctioned. The Delhi police has arrested two men from Assam and Indore in connection with the case. The DCW in its notice said that they took sole motor cognizance of the latest matter as participants in the recording can be heard making obscene vulgar and derogatory remarks targeting Muslim women and girls. 
It sent a notice asking the Delhi police to register a case against the persons allegedly involved and take strict action against them. The notice reads and I quote, This is a very serious matter and merits strict action. The Delhi police has been given five days to submit a detailed action taken report to the commission. Unquote. DCW chairperson Swati Malewal told the Indian Express and I quote again, Someone tagged me on Twitter highlighting the detailed audio conversation on the Clubhouse app which targeted Muslim women and girls and made disgusting sexual comments against them. I feel outraged over the fact that such incidents are going on increasing in our country. Strongest action needs to be taken against the culprits and that is why I have issued a notice to the Delhi police seeking an immediate FIR and arrest in the matter. Unquote. Senior Delhi police officials have confirmed that they have received the notice and that they are looking into the matter. You were listening to Three Things by the Indian Express. Today's show was written and produced by me, Snigda Sharma, and was edited and mixed by Suresh Pawar. You can follow us and leave us feedback on Facebook or Twitter at Express Podcasts or send us an email at podcasts at indianexpress.com. And if you like this show, please do subscribe and leave us a review wherever you get your podcast from so more people can find us. You can also look for us in the audio section in the top right corner of our website, indianexpress.com. 